Right. So, uh, What's your opinion on Taoism, and do you think that, in your opinion, do you think Taoism and Buddhism can be practiced both at the same time without any major contradictions? Um, Taoism, uh, I think, is a really cool teaching, um, and of course, it also has. Uh, there's also a large sense of karma in Taoism as well, or you know, the way things work. Um, I will say that. And the mysticism in Taoism and Buddhism kind of don't mesh too much because in some forms of Taoism, the goal is to be an eternal. The goal is to live forever. The goal is to yeah. be like an eternal and immortal being on this world. Um, there's that cool story in China about that one guy who claimed that he was like 200 something years old or something like that. So I don't know if that's true, um, but he did, he did practice, I think, uh, very like was a strict Taoist and um, practiced and ate some of those um, Taoist diets and everything, those roots that are in China. China's a very interesting place. Um, and uh, I, you know, um, e even in, um, like you know they have like a lot of like it's really neat because they have a lot of these uh old uh you know um apothecaries that they had and that are still some of the formulas that are still used today um uh but can Taoism and buddhism be practiced at the same time i don't know um it's very it's very common in the united states these days to um kind of double dip or to <laughs> or to sort of like um or to sort of like say, oh, I'm I'm this and this and this and this. I'm a Christian Buddhist, and I'm kind of like, I sometimes I go like, gee, I, I, how how does that work? Because, um, you know, uh, you know, it, you know, I, I, you know, and and so um, I think that what is happening, or the question that you're asking, or is is that I feel that um, what what's happening is is that there is this new spiritual movement in the United States where people like to go in and, um, and uh, you know, for lack of a better term, cherry pick some of the things that they like about certain religions and try to kind of mesh it together and make up their own. So, um, or to sort of like, yeah, like, you know, create their own. So um, that is definitely something that I think that is going on. But strictly speaking, like if, you know, you kind of become a, if you, if you, if you are, in, if your intention is to become a Buddhist, you know, you, uh, you, in a sense, uh, take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha. So uh, in, in a strict sense, no, but I think that there is this spiritual movement that's happening in the United States that uh, incorporates, you know, uh, various and many different Eastern philosophies. So awesome. Uh, yeah, like, and then like, Ryland, did you want to ask like the second Taoist uh, question? Uh, yeah. Um, well, before that, I'd like to ask if, do, in your opinion, do you think Taoism and Buddhism have any, like, synergy? Because I know uh, meditation is uh, common in both philosophies or religions. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and there's a meditate, there's forms of meditation in Christianity and Islam and, um, you know, and Judaism as well. I mean, you know, the... Uh, there's synergy in all religion, right? I mean, like religion was made is, is sort of like, you know, to keep people in a sense or not, you know, religion, I think was came around in a sense because, you know, you know, lots of folks, you know, needed in a sense, like a type of order to follow, you know, that wasn't really based on a here in this world thing. It wasn't until Nietzsche came around and you could say killed God <laughs> and, you know, and sort of like came up with this, like, you know, um, you know, uh, 
nihilism sort of thing. But um, I, yes, absolutely. There is definitely uh, similar teachings and um, and d similar practices. That does. I mean, that doesn't necessarily make them the same, but that doesn't also mean that um, that they can't get along or that you know that that that, that you know that there's conflict. So. But what I want to say about like Nietzsche, which I, which actually which actually kind of interesting about it is he was influenced a lot by a guy named Arthur Schopenhauer, and he was like the first uh, Western philosopher to seriously study Buddhism, and he actually like he actually um made allusions to himself kind of following well what the Buddha did a little bit. Uh, he kind of drew parallels between himself and that because he really liked Buddhism, and then Nietzsche kind of took Schopenhauer's ideas. So it's kind of cool how it's somewhat rooted in something that far back and something we're talking about. Uh, yeah, so uh, the actual, the next question is, um, do you think the concept of the yin and yang, uh, do they exist in Buddhism or is that uh, only a Taoism thing or is there an equivalent uh, in Buddhism? The, 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 I think one of the equivalents in Buddhism is the wheel of the Dharma. So the wheel, uh, there's a wheel with eight spouts um, and that is uh, considered to be sort of the um, the symbology in the uh, uh, Buddhism. At least here, when you go to Japan, it's the swastika. Um, the the swastika is used until you know, and of course that's controversial because Hitler perverted it and used it for something that it wasn't originally intended for. So um, so for a long time, actually, the Buddhist symbol was the swastika. Um, and now, you know, for, you know, be, to catch up to the modern times, it's the wheel of the Dharma. Uh, I don't see too many, um, there might be some Chinese sects of Buddhism that may ha incorporate the, the yin and yang, but, uh, but I haven't, but in most of my travels, I haven't seen, and especially in Japan, I haven't seen the, um, the, the, uh, the, uh, yin and yang used as a, um, as sort of the Buddhist symbology, so... Okay, yeah. So this is actually one of the questions I wrote down. But um, what makes um, Buddhism like uniquely Eastern? Well, I, I guess that's not the term. But like, what makes it uniquely like not Western? You know. <laughs> oh, that's a hard question. Um, I, I mean, th th this is. Um, I it, it's I I would say that even to that today now it's it, you know we we should almost. We, we shouldn't put the label of Eastern and Western on it anyway, because there's actually so many practicing Buddhists in the United States, right? I mean, like, has it become a, and now in Europe as well, it's like, has it become a, a Western religion just as much? Um, but I mean, geography, of course, plays a big, uh, plays a big part into that. But the problem with Western and Eastern uh, uh, terminology is the fact that, um, that 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 term I think was used or by Western scholars. So, um, and what I mean by that is, um, so you know, actually, uh, like you know, to actually, and of course, like air out our own dirty laundry here. Um, so the term Mahayana, right? Uh, so you've heard of like Theravada versus Mahayana Buddhism. So Mahayana actually means the greater vehicle. You know, greater vehicle, right? Which imply, and and then when we refer to the Theravada schools or the or, or the Vinaya schools, we would actually call them Hinayana, which means the lesser vehicle. 
And so the pro when we I would say that we should avoid using the terminology of Buddhism as Eastern, same with Taoism as Eastern or Confucianism or Hinduism as Eastern, because it can kind of, in a sense, um, bring up uh, uh, prejudices as well. And what I mean by that is, or, or connotations with that word, when we think Western, we think logical, uh, uh, civilized, or um, yes, logical or civilized or, or scientific. When we think of Eastern words like spiritual or superstitious or, you know, mystic, right, gets thrown in there. And so if anything, I would actually push back on the question by saying, uh, we should actually try to stop using terms like Western versus like Western thought versus Eastern thought. And in a geographical sense, when we talk about the philosophers from China or, you know, the, the great or the um, like, you know, Confucius, you know, or, you know, Confucianism or, um, you know, or th that kind of thing. Right. You know, we're we, we, we need to, I think, be careful about how we use that terminology um even in a in it and it's still a thing that's been happening to even like a show do you have you have you have i have any of you uh, watched the show i personally love the show but the good place uh um on, with ted danson and it's it's on oh balen has balen's seen it <laughs> okay even at the very end when um when uh like they're about to end all things and sorry spoilers ahead but uh, she's like, don't you have, you know, one of the characters, she says, don't you have like a, you know, a, a West, like a philosopher who can make me feel better or a spiritual thing and like Kant or, or, or John Locke or, a, uh, or like a Socrates quote to make me feel better. And, and then one of the other characters responds and goes, well, those guys were more focused on like, like, you know, rules and, and law and civilization. He goes, when you want, when you want spiritualism, you actually have to turn to the East. And I'm kind of like, oh, ew. It's like the Native Americans are very spiritual people. It's like what? that's true, yeah. It's like, it's like what, 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 why, why does the East have a monopoly on that, or this mysticism, or spiritual? Even I mean, okay, here's a here's an example. It's like the idea of Doctor Strange, right? When you go Doctor Strange, when he, what was he doing in the West, right? He was trying to do all this like surgery and like all the scientific stuff, and then what ends up happening? He goes to the East, and he, um, he uh, gets trained by this white guru in in the movie, right? You know, but you know, but he gets trained by this guru and he learns like this mysticism and ooh the things of the universe and everything like that so um so you know <laughs> yeah yeah totally but, agree thanks yeah no problem I, and I, it's not that i don't think that buddhism didn't come from the east or didn't come from india or that geography is an import is not important it's that um, the problem is, is that now in the world that we live in and in the country that we live in, we need to understand that, you know, Western versus Eastern is a terminology that comes from Western thought. So, um, and we should also try to avoid, you know, doing that. So if you want to talk about Buddhism or, or another religion for the East, we should refer to it as, as like, oh, just Hinduism or just Buddhism or just this or just that. I, I totally agree because you know Confucius he he's a he was someone from from what people incorrectly refer to as the quote unquote East and he talked about political thought uh, he had that and then we have like Plotinus who is a Neoplatonic philosopher who was from the incorrectly labeled quote unquote West and if and he was it was intensely spiritual he would meditate for an, an intense period of time uh, and he came up with his own. Um, 
kind of cosmology, which actually was very similar to, I keep bringing it up, was actually pretty similar to Taoism. So, I mean, like exactly what you said, like it's just kind of labeling things, dividing the line across the earth and saying West is legal and rational and East is spiritual, which is like totally an oversimplification and not true at all. So, yeah. Um, Balin, do you want to ask a question now? What does Buddha's third eye mean? It was very abrupt. <laughs> we, we just heard that term in like, I think it was like in Hinduism as well. We've heard that term of like a quote unquote third eye. So we're wondering if there was any like that carried over to Buddhism or not, not carried over. Cause you said that Buddhism is obviously older. Um, but it was that like, uh, was there any like affiliation with, with the third eye concept? There might be, but not in my school of Buddhism. We do not, we do not engage in, um, in the, in the concept of the third eye, the same way that Hindus do. So, sorry. No, no, <laughs> no, to, no, that was a great answer. You're going to have to ask a different Buddhist. Uh, you're going to have to ask another, uh, another school of Buddhism for that. So. Um, um, maybe like, uh, the other guys could ask like the last uh, few questions, but I was wondering, uh, uh, for right now, I'll, I'll ask this one, uh, for a number, uh, a question that I had was, um, so when and how, this is more of a historical question, when and how did Buddhism separate from Hindu? Oh, no, that's not true. We've already gone over that. So when uh, and how did Buddhism spread throughout India, China, and later uh, Japan? You know, um, that's, you know, that, yeah, that, that'll definitely, yeah, that's, um, you know, I would say that, um, uh, gosh, uh, uh, I don't have all the numbers in my head for that. Um, but, uh, it, the Buddhism didn't just spread in those regions. Of course, um, they, they went through Southeast Asia as well. And, um, they, and, you know, and, um, uh, I, but I mean, I can tell you because my school of Buddhism comes from Japan. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah. My, my school comes from Japan. Uh, it, it I would say that, th that Buddhism was, uh, was um, was probably arrived somewhere close to the sixth century in Japan, um, and um, and it would and like actually I think one of the first, uh, yeah, one of the first encounters of Buddhism was the Korea, a king in Korea uh, sent a Buddhist statue over there and just said, okay, worship this, and it wasn't until um, the some of the Chinese monks came over with the texts that they started to teach it. Um, yeah, Buddhism. I mean, so like, if we're gonna go with that, right? Like, let's see. Buddhism was five. You know, Buddha's Buddha was born five hundred years before Christ, and uh, you know, and then lived for. So I would say in those centuries, you know, it it spread all throughout. It spread all throughout India, and then uh, later made its way to China. It had, and again, these uh, countries didn't just accept Buddhism like on face value. You know, a lot of time um, occurred in um, and a lot of. Uh, debate and rise and fall in favor of of Buddhism uh, was um, uh, was uh, you know happened in, before a lot of these were accepted. So, all right, awesome. I think uh, now um, Noah, you can go in and you can jump in and ask the first question. Okay, so um, this one reads: uh, What are the types of meditation in Buddhism, and what are some of your own experiences with meditation? So, um, of course, like there's a, the obvious Zazen meditation um, that you see like a lot of Zen monks practice or a lot of Zen practitioners practice. 
there's insight meditation um and then there's guided you know there's the guided meditation there's the visualization meditation and that's where you try to visualize uh, a pure land or a buddhist or a buddha's features um and um, again, it depends on like what, it also sort of depends on the type of meditation we're talking about or um, like how we're using the word. Um, so I have tried like uh, Zazen meditation before because I've taken some classes on it. But in my particular uh, school of Buddhism called Jodo Shinshu or Pure Land Buddhism, Pure Land Buddhism, uh, sorry, let me go. Um, You can look that up uh, a little bit later, but um, in Pure Land Buddhism, uh, we don't uh, practice those types of forms of meditation that you're thinking of, like the ones where we sit for like, you know, long periods of time and count our breath or something like that. Um, we, we, um, we, uh, we, we actually engage in a practice called Nembutsu, which are, or in Chinese, it's, it's uh, Chinese, it's Nian, Nyanfo, and um, and then the Ch and then the Chinese characters look like this. Oh, one second. There you... My computer has to think before I type in <laughs> before I type in Japanese. But, um, and um, this is where we put our hands together and we recite the name of the Buddha we're talking about. So uh, for us, it's Amida Buddha, who is the Buddha of infinite light and life. And we say, Namo Amida Butsu, Namo Amida Butsu, Namo Namo like that. And um, we're reciters, we're recitators. Now, that being said, this first character for Nen, or Nen, like this first one that we're looking at here, um, this one could also mean, th that one, Nen, can also mean to, th it doesn't just mean to call or to say, but it could also mean to think on or to recollect. So that's a type of meditation you could say as well. Um, uh, but that's sort of the extent of my experience with meditation. Have you experienced anything while meditating? Ah, uh, um, <laughs> um, when I, yeah, when I've met, when I've meditated, like in the, when I've meditated in the uh, Zen way of meditation, uh, I've experienced that I'm not very good at it. <laughs> um, you know, what's funny about a lot of this is that, you know, when we look at Buddhism or when we look at those images of those serene monks who sit on the rock or who sit on the, you know, sit in the Zen hall and they are sitting and meditate, you know, a lot of people, um, go to these Zen retreats or these things and they meditate and they think, oh, I'm going to experience this blissful, serene and wonderful feeling. And it's like, then they come out and they go, gosh, I've actually really uh, kind of creeped myself out or like psyched myself out and everything. Because yeah. what happens when you actually, in a, in a sense, when you meditate, you're forced to be with yourself. You're forced to, um, you're actually forced to confront yourself. You're forced to actually sit with yourself and we all do things in our like now and now that we have smartphones it's like forget it there's no way like we can i mean now we have meditation apps on our smartphones but but um you know but that's really to calm us down. now there is a meditation to calm people down but whatever what i have experienced personally when i meditate or when i have done meditation practices in the past is that i'm not very good at this i'm very restless i'm very um I think a lot and I want to do stuff and I can't sit still. 
So that's why I'm, that's another reason why I practice this form of Buddhism is because I do more things. I recite more and I read and I chant a lot of things. So. Wow. Yeah. Like the confronting yourself in meditation is, is that's, that's a super beautiful way to put it. I, I, I haven't, I think, I feel like I've heard something like that before, but like, um, that, yeah, that, that's a, that's a really cool phrase. Um, and then, uh, maybe, uh, Noah or who, who hasn't spoken? Was it you, Rylan? You're going to say the last one. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe you can say uh, question number two. Uh, could you tell us what differentiates Zen Buddhism from other types of Buddhism? Sure. Um, Okay, so there's a couple of ways that we can that 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 you can um, differentiate uh, the on the physical level. It's the clothes that we wear, right? Um, when you look at a Sri Lankan monk, uh, uh, so let's see. Um, are, are you able to um, Are you able to uh, make me co-host, or I can sh- or, I, or I can share my screen? I can. Um, Let's see. Um, unfortunately, oh unfortunately no, okay, not. that's okay. Yeah. That that's okay. So you know, um, and you've seen the way Tibetan monks dress, right? And then there's the way that I actually I have uh, robes that I wear as well. Um, I didn't know that we were going to be doing this video, so sorry. I'm actually just dressed like a normal sh- like a normal person and everything like that. You know, no, so, no worry. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, but um, <laughs> uh, but um. But yeah, you know, the dress is one way of differentiating. Another one, of course, is the teachings, right? The doctrine that we preach. Every, you know, that's the problem is everybody thinks that Christianity, Judaism, uh, you know, uh, Islam, uh, Hinduism, you know, all of it, it's like, you know, everyone thinks that it's the, we're, we're these, like in Buddhism, right? Everyone thinks that we're these monolithic things. Right. Everyone says, hey, what does Buddhism say about this? I'm like, well, I can tell you what I say or what, I can tell you what, how I've been taught. But I, um, so it's the teaching. Some of the teachings are the are, are, are the way are the things that differentiate us. Uh, the practices, right, the rituals that we do are another thing are other ways that, you know, we're differentiated. Right. Uh, I mean, there are similarities. Right. Like, um, uh, yeah, most Buddhist schools I know of use incense, although now. In the United States, people have realized, yeah, they, there are people who have allergies to incense, so they actually have these like smokeless or no scent, uh, no scent uh, 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 meditation centers and things like that. So, um, yeah, so there's so that so there's that aspect of it as well. I think the last thing that I am going to say again is is that um, yeah, I, that's the great thing, right? Is that Zen Buddhism has its own particular sets of rituals and practices, um, but the differences, be- far, you know, the differences between other schools of Buddhism are far are, are are huge, and then some are very small, right? I mean, ultimately, right? We do want to attain some form of enlightenment, so there's a similarity. Uh, the rituals that we do practice can be somewhat similar. We all like, not we all, but like there there are a bunch of us, you know, like one of the things as we put our hands together like this and you know as a sign of respect and show our you know and and bow right there's another thing but um yeah i mean like you know there are so many differences um like you know and then so i'll I'll say like in particular between zen buddhism and my school right zen buddhists uh they um like it depends on and in zen buddhism there's three there's three different schools in japan there's three different schools of zen buddhism there's um, so the three different schools in Zen Buddhism are Soto, 
Rinzai, and Obaku. And so, um, so those three schools of Buddhism, uh, or those three schools of Zen, also have very different, uh, very different um, ways of doing things. Uh, particularly, one of the stark contrasts between Soto and Rinzai is that um, in Soto, one of the practices is when they meditate, they face the wall. In Rinzai, they face towards the inner. They face each other. Um, yeah, they face each other in the circle. And then in Rinzai, there's a more uh, formal way of um, there's a more formal way of of uh, of um, uh, doing something called the koan, which is uh, the sort of a riddle um, that they ask, like, "What's the sound of one hand clapping?" or "Does a dog have the Buddha nature?" Right. Um, um, I'm going to share with you. A, I'm going to share with you a couple of links. These all these are things that you can watch. These are things that you can watch on your own time, um, and I sincerely hope I sincerely hope that um, that you uh, that you I sincerely hope that you take a chance to watch that. So there's one. This first link is a documentary about actually a a uh, Rinzai Zen Rinzai Zen school in. Um, Japan, and um, they're it's, they're in this they're in this uh, period uh, they're in this uh, 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 period of meditate or uh, meditation practice called oseshin, and then um, then there's another. Uh, uh... I, I I copied the link for for us to watch later. I, I copied it and I put it in the document. Yeah. Unless anyone else has any questions, I was gonna say uh, like the last final question. I was gonna ask this. I, we try to ask this at the at the end. We we we've only interviewed like one other. We only done one other interview before, but we have a Baha'i interview and an interview with an imam. Actually, perhaps two imams planned. So like the, the, what we're trying to ask at the end of each episode is like, what does it mean to be X religion? So uh, our question is, what for you does it mean to be a Buddhist? Um. For me, simply, it's that I take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Um, I try to live my life in accordance with, you know, in accordance with the teachings that I take refuge in, and particularly the school of Jodo Shinshu or Pure Land Buddhism. I take refuge in the Buddha of infinite light and life. So, um, so what it means for me to is I take is, is to take refuge in the teachings to you know to really in a sense like surrender myself to those teachings um that's what it means to be a buddhist it's not it to me it's not the meditation practices it's not the fact that i can say the nembutsu this many times it's not the um it's not ooh i've done this particular buddhist act this many times of the day or that i live my life this way or that i wear these clothes it's that i take refuge in those teachings that's what it means to be a buddhist in my particular opinion and remember this is just me so <laughs> that, that was super that was super beautiful unlike the 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 let me let me look at that one more time um the buddha of infinite light and life Am amida buddha yeah if you want to yeah if you want to do another podcast or you want to go a little bit uh you know do another podcast or another and delve a little bit deeper into like what that means or or like you know or there's what is this what is a buddhist pure land i will say that the last link the last documentary link that i gave you uh, the youtube one um that will explain a little bit about uh the pure land school of buddhism a little bit more so yeah Wow, awesome! I feel like we've we've only scratched the surface because that was that was what it was like for our previous interview. Like, there's there's so much 
you know um but yeah i, I think like that that's a that's a that's an amazing summary um of that like from my knowledge which is which is you know like a speck in comparison to your mountain of knowledge and um and uh thank you so much for being on our podcast i really appreciate that and um uh, we, we, we love learning about this, this like religion in general, a comparative religion, um, and the wisdom within each, uh, religion and, um, and it, from an academic standpoint too, and like its culture, its history, its development, all of that. So, uh, uh that being said, this has been episode, uh, seven on Buddhism. I am Xavier. I'm Rylan. I'm Balin. I'm Reverend Tadao Koyama of the Tacoma Buddhist Temple. And stay tuned for future episodes.